Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. morning listen we want to continue in this word and Phil and Rick have begun on over the last couple of weeks um, so beautifully and looking at presence and camping at the source and I want to press into this just a little bit more today as we go through last week Rick shared a prophetic picture a prophetic word about Carrick Reed Rope Bridge um, up in the north coast one of my favorite spots uh, and not not to repeat his word but just to almost build on it when Rick when we were planning and scheming and dreaming and trying to shape for this series and where we were going to go with it. The three of us were having a conversation together and Rick shared this picture with us. And as he began to talk about it and particularly to do with the word source and everything that was in it, I, uh, I quickly got up from my seat after a couple of minutes and I, I went to the office. I think the guys probably thought that I wasn't interested in what was being shared and just walked out randomly. But I went to get my journal because I realized that at the beginning of the year, uh, the Lord had given me a word that was very similar very similar around us. And so I, I, uh, this morning, I just wanted to share just a little bit about this to help build upon the, the sense of what the Lord really wants to impress upon us collectively, individually, but collectively in, in our lives, particularly around Him being the source of, of our lives. Um, many of you know that uh, one of my favorite places to go, I don't get to go that often, to be honest, but one of my favorite places to go, and I want time, really good quality time alone with the Lord. One of the places I love to go to is Clare Glen, um, out, out by the river there, um, Tandrigay Market Hill direction. Uh, and when, when you go, many of you have probably been there before, I'm sure, gone for some nice walks and things, but when you go and you're driving from Tandrigay Market Hill direction, you go to the first car park there, and when you're walking upstream along the river, you know the bit where the bridge crosses over? This, this, this is the place that I always go to, and this is the, the picture you're seeing on the screen. So there's a bridge that crosses over. There's a seat that's here, and this is always my spot. This is always where I go and intentionally go just to be still and to be quiet before the Lord and to listen. And I would journal and do all, and just to intentionally make space and time for the Lord. And at the beginning of the year, I went for that with that intentionality. I want the time alone with God. I wanted to hear from Him. And when I went, someone else was sitting in my seat. Hi, <laughs> <I> Reid. <laughs> exactly. Hi, Reid. And so in my head, I'm like, all oh, right, well, I've driven a long way to come here, God. And, and my, I started to panic when I actually started to walk back to the car. I thought, I'll wait for a while. And then I thought, no, 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 I'll wait. And actually, I walked across the bridge. And I don't think it was an intentional thing, but I, I think it was what was happening in my head. I stood on the bridge, staring at the seat. <laughs> Probably in a little bit trying to intimidate the person that was there in the seat, but just really intensely trying to watch when is this going to become available. And then I just felt, I actually just need to keep walking. I felt the Lord tell me, I just need to keep walking up the same way I was going. And as I went um, along and as I walked along, this space, I love just the fast-flowing water. I love just this, everything of the, this space. The word that Rick used last week about how spectacular these sort of spaces are. I love just being in this space. And yet as I went along, I found another seat. And as I was walking, I felt the Lord tell me I needed to sit down on this seat. And as I sat, this was another space. And it didn't look anything as spectacular as the other. I was a wee bit disappointed, if I'm being honest. 
but I felt I needed to be obedient and I just needed to sit down. And, um, and as I was sitting there, I began to journal. And I just I wanted just to read just a wee bit from this this morning. This is part of the journal that I'd uh, written at the beginning of the year. Um, let me see if I can find this. Sorry, I should have really had this marked, shouldn't I? There we go. Here it is. So this was in March, towards the end of March. And I said this, today as I arrived at Clare Glen, I went to my spot. <laughs> my space of encounter and beauty, but someone else was sitting on my seat. I think I was crying at this stage as I was turning it. <laughs> my place. And I wrote here, I will go back later and I'll sit on, and I actually underlined it, my seat. <laughs> But today, I walked on further and I found a new seat. The view from this doesn't look as grand or impressive, but the peace in this place is tangible. Quiet waters trickle by, renewing and restoring. And yet all the while, this is a place of source. This word that we've been talking about, this is a place of source that carries the water downstream to the more impressive place that I love to go to. This seat sits at the turn of a corner or a meander, so this is the turns that comes around. And I wrote this, and this is why I feel just really intentionally, while it, it ties in particularly around this word source, I feel this specifically for some people, actually for all of us, but I feel specifically this morning some people really need to pay attention to this, and this is what I wrote. This is a corner-turning moment. This is a corner-turning moment in my life and in our lives. This is a season of pressing on, going further, but learning to sit in a place of rest and peace that doesn't feel just as grand, but oh, so life-giving. Not just to me, but to others as well. This is a season of being called to go further, and I'd written sometimes it's a season to go alone. There's loads more that I'd written, but in this this is what I feel for us, and even this morning as we preach into this, this is a corner-turning moment. Even for us, that the invitation for us this morning is that this could be a corner-turning moment if we would allow the Lord to even lead us in this way and what He wants to lead us into. And, uh, and as we come to this, I guess this morning, one of the other words that I feel it's really important that I'm going to be probably repeating over and over quite a bit this morning. You'll probably be fed up with me repeating this word. But one of the things the Lord really wants to do with us as his people is that he wants to make himself manifest. Now, this word, um, for many of you who grew up in my generation, this was the name of a, um, a young worship gathering. It used to be in Belfast monthly um, on, a, on a Saturday night. We would have gone on, we worshiped the Lord down, was it the King's Hall? Yeah, the King's Hall in Belfast. What was it? The Ulster Hall, there we go. I just followed the crowd and went down to it. I didn't know where I was going. But uh, th this word manifest, what it means is this, to make evident or certain by showing or displaying. And uh, one of the phrases that we use so often in charismatic circles is around, you know, God and his manifest presence. And yet today, what I feel the Lord really wants to impress upon us individually and together, is that while there's an opportunity of something that feels like it's corner turning today, I feel that he wants us to grasp, he really wants us to grasp just how much he wants to make himself evident to us, how much he wants to make himself certain to us, how much he wants to show and to display himself to us in our lives. And today I want to show that just in, in, 
in a couple of ways. Firstly, you know, for us to talk about God as source and for us to understand Him as source, it's really important that we understand Him, that we understand who He is. And so for a short while, and listen, I realize that we could preach and teach for months and months and months on the topic that I'm about to put up on the screen, but I'm going to try and do it in five minutes, all right? And the reality is for us to understand the fullness and the essence of who God is and how He wants to make Himself known to us, then we need to grasp who He is. And this is why as we look and explore the nature of God today together, one of the things that we hold to as a church is that we believe in a Trinitarian God. We believe that He exists. The God that we worship exists as three persons. There's three different parts of the Godhead that we worship every single week and every single day in our lives. This is what we believe as a people. We believe that there's the Father. We believe in the Son. And we believe in the Holy Spirit. These uh, symbols that are here, you see there's the line that we have here that is unbroken. There's one shape that's here, but yet the three specific parts of it. And this is what is clear in our understanding about God. And so let me just put this up, try and grasp this as we go through. God is three persons. Each one of those persons is fully God. There's one God. And this is where I was saying this morning, this is like your emoji with the head exploding type of This is what you would be doing in this moment. There is three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Each one is fully God. This is why as we pray to them, we pray to the Father, we pray to the Son, we pray to the Holy Spirit. Each one is God, but there is one God. There's, there's uh, back in the Old Testament times, there was an understanding about a monotheistic religion. They believed in one God, but yet as the story of the Bible progressed, it allows us to see and understand more fully, even in the birth of Jesus and the New Testament, we read about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It allows us to see a fuller understanding of this one God and what he is like. This is not talking about three different gods. It's not even talking about three different versions or different modes of gods, but it's this. It's three distinct persons who share the same essence, nature, and will, while at the same time remaining completely interdependent. I don't know how to explain that. This is our God. This is the wonder and the mystery of our God. Three distinct persons, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, who share the same essence, nature, and will. So close is their oneness and their togetherness. And yet they're completely interdependent. But yet their togetherness and the unity that exists between them. What I would love to do before I blather on, I would just love to take just, can I just pray for the Holy Spirit just to illuminate this to us today, can I? Let me just close our eyes, can we, just before him today. God, you are awesome. You are majestic. God, you're beyond sometimes our understanding and our comprehension. And yet I pray today, Holy Spirit, give us eyes to see you afresh. Give us a spirit of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And I just pray, God, even as we continue in this, God, even what I'm trying to say in words, would you just impress it on our hearts today and in an increasing way, I pray in Jesus' name.
Amen. And listen, today we're just going to look at these really uh, closely, each of these different parts of the Godhead, because perhaps for many of us we've been brought up, or maybe for some of you in the room, you still don't really know, or you feel like you're just getting to know God and who God really is. Even for those of us who were brought up with maybe what feels more of a familiar understanding of God, maybe what feels more of a religious background, when it comes to the idea of the Trinity, we've, we can more f- easily grasp the idea of a father and a son because we have a human understanding of those, even though sometimes they're not great in our minds, sometimes for some people. And yet the reality when it comes to the Spirit, because sometimes it's more difficult to comprehend, it can be the part of the Godhead that often gets overlooked. Or as Francis Chan would say in his book, he can often be forgotten. We just completely forget all about him. And yet for some who were brought up, and as I was saying this morning, and yet trying to be sensitive, as I said, because my parents were sitting in the second row, I was brought up with, I believed that I believed in the Holy Spirit, but yet I was brought up with a sensationalist understanding. And what that means is that we believed that the Holy Spirit was for a specific point in history that was already past. And what we're going to see from a, from a passage of Scripture is that we actually were taught that actually these things weren't for today. Can I say truthfully to you, nowhere will you read directly in the Word of God that says the things of the Spirit are not for today. Nowhere. And I'll arm wrestle you for that. (laughs) Nowhere. And this is one of the verses that was used. So in 1 Corinthians 13, and I was sharing this this morning. So this is talking about the gifts of the Spirit that we're going to unpack in the new year. This is why we're leading into this. But in the gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 13, it says, As prophecy, speaking unknown languages, special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. And this is what I was taught growing up. The thing that was perfect that was going to come, that was going to mean that we no longer needed the gifts of the Spirit in our lives is when we had the canon of Scripture. They said that around four or 500 AD when the canon of Scripture came into play, that's when what was perfect this verse was talking about. And yet Phil was just leading us leading us in prayer this morning, even in our worship, even as our worship unto the Lord. And the reality, when this is our prayer, God, one day we know you're going to come back. And the reality is we do not live in a perfect world. The perfect has not yet come. It has come partially, but yet one day it is going to come fully. As Jesus returns, he will return in robes of white, and he's going to fully redeem and restore everything. And we're going to stand where there's going to be one day with him where there's no more sickness, and there's no more death, and there's no more pain, and he's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. And the perfect is going to come, and at that point, we're no longer going to need the gifts of the Spirit because we'll have him. But yet until then, his Spirit is fully with us. And nowhere in Scripture will it ever say that there's, you no longer need the Spirit for you. This is why He is a gift to us. And today I want to impress upon us through His Holy Spirit, He wants to make Himself known to you. God has always been a God that wants to make Himself known. He wants to be a God that reveals Himself. And this is why as we talk about this word manifest presence, again, a real religious sort of phrase and word that we would often use. And yet this is what we're saying As he comes in his presence, he desires to manifest himself, make himself known, make himself clear to us, help us to understand who he is. And this is what I want to just show you from Scripture. This isn't just a new thing. This is what God has always been about. He has always, always wanted to make himself known to his people. 
And so in the beginning, in the beginning as the story begins, back in Genesis, as God created the world and he lives in this place of perfection, we see with his people, what we're actually told is that you see this in Genesis chapter 3, you can read this verse for yourself, but it says this, that he walked and he talked in the cool of the day. And he comes and he comes looking for Adam and Eve in this moment. And God, he walks, he manifests himself. He walks and he talks with his creation because he loves being in relationship. This is the very essence and nature of who he is at the heart and center of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It is based on relationship and friendship. And this is who he is. He cannot be anything that he isn't. And so as he acts out of who he is in his very nature, he is relationship. And he desires to relate to us. And as he manifests himself to us, this is what we see at the beginning. He walked and he talked with his people. And yet at this moment in Genesis chapter 3, as sin comes into the world, the heart of God is broken. Because of the sin that is upon humanity and upon the creations, the one that he desired to lavish his love upon and be in relationship with, because the sin that is upon humanity, God, who is a holy God, can't be in the presence of sin without judging it. And suddenly the relationship was broken. And this holy God, is, his plan isn't thwarted. His plan isn't done. But he realizes he has to make a way to be able to redeem and to restore and to help us to be in relationship. Because what he always wants to do is to manifest himself to make himself known to us, not to be aloof, not to be distant. He wants to be known by us as our God. Do you get this? This is who he is. He loves to make himself known. And so what we see is that actually, even as the Old Testament progresses, we see that God still shows up and still makes ways to be with his people and to make himself known. Like, so Rick and Phil were bringing us through Exodus 33. And at the end of Exodus 33, and as we get into Exodus 34, we see God even turns up with Moses and he starts to tell him about his name. The Lord passed in front of Moses calling out Yahweh. The Lord, the God of compassion and mercy, the verse goes on. You can read that yourself later. This is in Exodus 34. And he comes and he reveals his name. And as the, as the story continues, even two chapters later, this is where we're introduced to the tabernacle. The word tabernacle, sorry, let me just skip on to where I need to be. The word tabernacle, which means that to dwell or to rest or to live in, God desires as he desires to manifest himself with his people. He wants to come and dwell amongst us once again. This is what it's always been for him, what it was at the beginning. He desired to dwell with his people. And so in a, in a different, this is not what God's best was. But it was still a way for him to be present and to dwell with his people. Because as he did it, he could manifest and reveal himself and turn up to his people. Because he desired to be with his people. And then as the story continues, he comes fully and through his son, he comes up and he turns up in the flesh. And this is what we see in the son. So we've understood from the father, from the Trinity. And now in the son, it says this, the writer of Hebrews says, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. And as the Son comes, this is the word that is declared over him. This is why our very name of our church and what it is, Emmanuel, God is with us. The same way as it was at the beginning, this is his desire and it's coming now. Jesus comes and embodies us and takes on flesh. Philippians tells us this, that he humbled himself. And he takes on flesh and becomes obedient, lives a life of sacrifice and surrender unto the Father. And yet there's what we read in John says this, this is as he turns up and as he begins to minister, the first of these signs that he does in Cana, this is where he turns water into wine. And it says, and he manifested his glory. 
The Son comes along and manifests more about who God is to us. He desires to make Himself known. This is what He's always been and still is today. He desires to make Himself known. Jesus comes along and reveals this more fully. And again, Peter says this, For you know that it is not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down from from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God through Jesus. And even what we've worshipped and glorified in this morning and around the table, this is how Jesus came to make a way so that he could be made manifest, so he can make himself known. And then, as Jiminy Cricket would say, but wait, there's more. (laughs) There's more. As he comes along, we see actually then as the final part and the final person of the Trinity comes into play with us, what we see is that through his Spirit, actually, it wasn't even just a New Testament thing. The Spirit was always present and was operating still to make God manifest. What we see in the Old Testament times is that um, the Spirit, how it would have operated, and we see this scripturally, the Spirit would have come upon specific people for specific purposes at specific times. Get this, in the Old Testament times, the Spirit came upon specific people for specific purposes at specific times. It's, I love Alpha, talk about that. Specific people, specific purposes, specific times. That's what it was in the Old Testament. So there's some examples. Bezalel, the guy who designed the tabernacle. Like imagine this, the Holy Spirit comes upon him and suddenly he's like, I know how to design things. Well, he was creative, but suddenly the Holy Spirit anoints him and comes upon him. You see other names, Gideon, Samson, Isaiah, specific people for specific purposes at specific time. Even into the New Testament, this continues. John, Mary, Elizabeth. And do you know the amazing thing about this? And this is what opens us up even as as an increased possibility even for us. These were all ordinary people. These were all ordinary people who allowed God to move in their lives and open themselves to the possibility of God doing this in their life. And God comes and moves. And yet what happens is we're coming towards the end of the Old Testament. There's a man called Joel. And again, specific purpose, specific person, for a specific purpose at a specific time. At this moment, Joel, who's a prophet, he turns up, and this is what he declares. You know this well, this prophetic word. And afterward, I will pour out. This is God speaking to his creation. Those he desired to manifest himself. He says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. No longer specific people. No longer just ones or twos. I will pour out my spirit on all people. The Holy Spirit suddenly is, there's a potential for it to be made manifest to whosoever would receive. Whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord that could be saved and the Holy Spirit could come and live and dwell within. And so what we actually see then in the day of Pentecost is that this actually happens. In Acts chapter 2, this is what we read. Pentecost happens like tongues, like fire come and rest upon them. And actually what I don't have in the screen, verse 16, Peter stands up and says, Men of Jerusalem, the men that are listening to this in the day of Pentecost, what you're seeing before you is actually the prophecy of Joel. That it's said at the end of the Old Testament, the prophecy of Joel that you're all familiar with, what you see is the prophecy of Joel being fulfilled in your very presence at this moment. God is making himself manifest. 
He's coming and He's living and dwelling amongst us by His Spirit that is being poured out on all flesh, not giving just in small ways, but actually what um, John would say is this, that His Spirit would be given without measure, poured out upon us, given without measure. And this is the truth then in a really, really, really rush way, I just want to get us and help us to understand that because this is what I feel the Lord really wants to impress. Next week, we're going to look about what is He as the source of, what is He the source of in our lives. But today, I just need us to grasp. He desires, He desires to manifest Himself to us. He desires to be known. And you know, for some of us in the room, we've, we've had experiences of Him in the past. And there's been different things that have happened, that there's been disappointments, there's been bumps along the way. And can I just say, when I say that God wants to make himself known to you, it's not that he wants to repeat what has happened in the past. He wants to make himself known afresh to you today. He wants to turn up and reveal himself in you as to us. Because there's been new levels of God that for all of us, can I say, regardless of how, and even how well you think you know God, there's still and there'll always be more. He desires to manifest himself more. Desires to manifest himself more and make himself known more to you. There's always, always more for us to press into. And so with this, this is why we see he manifests himself to us through his spirit. And as we close, Steve, would you come up? Where's Steve? I was about to say he's probably away for smoke, but <laughs> there he is. <laughs> and this is the reality, and this way I just want to set that next week we're going to look, we are going to go into a more specific passage next week and unpack it. I just want to bring us through just the narrative of Scripture to help us see and understand God's heart has always been for you. God's heart has always been to be known by you. And so, do you know the way there's those times where you're praying and you're asking, God, would you just help me to see you? <laughs> Did you ever pray that prayer? God, would you help me to see you? Would you help me to know you? Can I just say, as much as we would often pray that and really want that, on the flip side of it, we have a God who just wants to be known and wants to be revealed. And so while we think we've got to almost twist or try to provoke God in some way to make him come on our side. He desires that. He desires to be known. And as we finish, Rick finished last week with a verse in Revelation 22. And it says this, that, you know, there'll be a people that'll be around a throne and they will seek his face and they'll look upon his face. And uh, at the sake first night at the beginning of the month, this is a verse that I read, you know, in the book of Song of Solomon, it's, it's a wisdom literature. Wisdom literature, specific genre. There's so much wisdom, obviously, that which we can glean from it for our lives. It's a book that's all about, it's written specifically about a man and a woman. It's like a love letter that's written between the two of them. And so there's lots that we could glean wisdom-wise, even in our lives, relationally from it as well. But yeah, what it's also written prophetically around is this. It's that it's a prophetic image of God with his bride. The man and the woman, it's a prophetic image of God with his bride. And, so, and as much, and this is where I just want to finish today to say this, and as much as we would often pray, God, would you show me your face? This is what it says in Song of Solomon chapter 2. And this is the man speaking. In Song of Solomon, this is the refrain that the man speaks. And so prophetically, it's what God speaks to us as his people. This is what God says to us today. 
show me your face. Let me hear your voice. This isn't the bride or the woman saying it to the man. This is what God says to us. I want to make myself known to you. I want to make myself manifest to you. Would you show me your face? Would you let me hear your voice? The prayer ministry guys are going to come up as well just as Steve starts to play. And I want to leave space for us today. We're going to press into it. We're going to begin with this next time. Because we, we have a father who delights in his children knowing him. We have a father who delights in being with us. We have a God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit who just wants to be known by us. Doesn't want to stand aloof, doesn't want to sit separate, doesn't want to be distant. Really, 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 really wants to be known. And he's available. He's available to us. And this is where I feel like this is, in that word, this is almost like what's available to us. It's almost like a corner turning moment. Because I think for many of us in the room, the narrative in our heads has been, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough for God to want me. I want God, but I'm not good enough. I know what you need to hear today is that God desperately, passionately desires to make himself known to you. And he's available. And this is why he says to you, don't hide your face in shame anymore. Show me your face. That thing that has kept you distant and separate from me and that has held you back from relationship with me that you almost feel like shameful of and it's separate. Show me your face. I love you. Let me hear your voice again. That thing that stopped you speaking to me and you feel like I don't want to hear. I, I want to hear from you. Show me. Let me hear your voice. And I feel today as a corner, a corner turning moment for us potentially in our lives. And what I would love to do, we're going to stand and Steve's going to lead us in a song. Is there any prayer ministry, guys? Some at the back with Susie at the front. And Ruth, there you go, Ruth. There we go. I, listen, prayer ministry is available for anything. I just don't want to name it so that people feel then they're coming up and showing what they were responding to. If you need healing this morning, if you need ministry this morning in any sense, prayer ministry is available. But today, I just really feel in this, in this one, where today God really, more than anything, it's a corner-turning shift. God wants to restore fully relationship with you. He wants to restore and lavish His love upon you as a son and a daughter this morning to say, show me your face. Hear your voice. I don't want to name names specifically this morning. But I know that there's some people in the room this morning that the Lord wants to impress this heavily upon. Show me your face. Let me hear your voice, my son and my daughter, where you think you're not good enough and you're not loved enough. Show me your face. Hear your voice. Just talk to me again. I love you. I want to make myself known to you again and afresh. Show me your face hear your voice. It's God, I just pray right now, Lord, even as we worship you, Holy Spirit, in these moments, I just pray that we would know your soft embrace, the gentleness of your presence with us. 
And God, I thank you for the invitation, God, afresh, even in these moments, to show your face. God, I pray that we would just boldly, even as Phil led this morning, that we would boldly come, bringing who we are. We show you our face, Father. Hear our voice again. God, I pray that for those who have felt that they've had to stop talking, today is a day of just breaking off that shame. Pray that today is a day of restoring and restoration of relationship. So I just pray, come now, Holy Spirit. Why don't we stand? Can you just we worship again? Listen, if you want to respond towards anything I've said, if you want to just prayer for ministry in any way, it might be for healing. We have prayer ministry at the front and at the back. Steve's going to lead us in worship, and then I'm going to get Phil to come and close off just at the end for us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.